<laughs> good one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good morning and happy Friday. Okay. Okay, so uh, we're going to continue here as long as the microphone stays in place. Uh, <clears throat> and let me just uh, say something about the fate of acetyl-CoA. So, importantly, I want to just kind of remind you that we, in, uh, what we were doing in the last lecture is talking about this distinct step, the pyruvate dehydrogenase complex. And also, I want you to keep track that that pyruvate most likely came from glucose. Okay, meaning you are in a, a well-fed state, there's plenty of glucose, you form pyruvate, pyruvate dehydrogenase produces acetyl-CoA, and from two pyruvates, two NADHs, which is really an important energy output, significant energy output. Now, the fate of acetyl-CoA is shown here. There is a catabolic fate, which means you further oxidize the two carbons. These are two carbons. Acetyl has two carbons. CoA is the coenzyme. So these two carbons can be oxidized all the way to CO2. And as I said, for most cells, especially the aerobic cells and tissues, that's a very important fate. So the brain, for example, will take glucose, oxidize it to pyruvate, break it down through glycolysis to pyruvate, pyruvate to acetyl-CoA, then all the way to CO2. And the way we do that is through the TCA cycle. But I want to remind you of two other important things, that this acetyl-CoA can be used to make fatty acids to make cholesterol. So it's an important intermediate in anabolic processes as well. So we'll talk about that, this part here in the uh, third block, as well as ketone body synthesis. Also importantly, I want you to appreciate that acetyl-CoA can be derived from other molecules. Some amino acids produce acetyl-CoA as a keto acid, and some, the oxidation of fatty acids can produce acetyl-CoA. But for now, let's assume that that uh, acetyl-CoA came from pyruvate, from glycolysis, from glucose, and we'll go into the TCA cycle for further oxidation. So the TCA cycle has three names. Tricarboxylic acid cycle, the citric acid cycle, citrate cycle, or the Krebs cycle. So they're all synonymous, referring to the same thing. Importantly, pay attention to the word cycle. A cycle is where you use up something in the beginning and you regenerate it at the end versus a linear pathway where that doesn't happen. Okay? So, 
we're going to use up something in the beginning and regenerate what we started out with. So the term tricarboxylic acid is based on the first molecule made in that cycle, which is citric acid or citrate. That's a tricarboxylic acid. So, so that you get all that nomenclature down. So what I'll do here, <clears throat> I'll go through, through kind of the big picture overview and try to point out to you uh, where you want to pay attention. Well, you really want to pay attention to everything, but uh, there are specifically a few steps that are more important in, in a way. <clears throat> so first of all, you don't really need to know any of the structures. So don't worry about the structures. They're there to help you maybe visualize, you know, what's happening or what's being lost and so on. Uh, so let's start here, the beginning of the cycle. Again, remember, ask yourself, what is that cycle for? It's to produce energy from acetyl-CoA oxidize acetyl-CoA. Also, ask yourself, where is it taking place? It's taking place exclusively in the mitochondrial matrix. Okay? So those are very important key things to always ask yourself about every pathway and cycle. So we're starting with acetyl-CoA that came from pyruvate through pyruvate dehydrogenase. You want to condense. This is a two-carbon molecule with another molecule called oxaloacetate. We've already covered that in gluconeogenesis, but this is oxaloacetate that is going to condense with the two carbons there to form the first important intermediate in the TCA cycle, citric acid or citrate. So you add two plus four, that gives you six carbons. That has one, two, three carboxylic groups. That's why the cycle is called the TCA or the tricarboxylic acid cycle or the citrate cycle. So the first molecule formed is citrate by enzyme citrate synthetase. That's the beginning always of the cycle. The cycle will always begin here on top. So you need both acetyl-CoA and oxaloacetate to start it. Then you have this enzyme <coughs> that will move around some of the uh, molecules and citrate to form isocitrate okay you didn't lose any carbons they've just been rearranged you can uh, uh, see where that the hydroxyl was shifted and so on but it's the molecule that is produced is isocitrate the enzymes name is aconitase so it's a type of isomerase okay you're just moving things around you're not losing any molecules Isocitrate is now going to be oxidized, okay? And oxidized, again, if you lose a carbon in the form of CO2, that's an oxidation step. Okay, so the first enzyme here 
involved in that is called isocitrate dehydrogenase. Here's the CO2. You are going for, this is just an intermediate, don't worry too much about it, but you're losing a CO2. So you go from a six carbon tricarboxylic molecule to a five carbon dicarboxylic molecule. You lost one of the CO2, one of the carboxylic groups, this one in, part, in, in fact, and gives you alpha-ketoglutarate. <clears throat> Again, the best way to always think about uh, oxidation reaction, uh, oxidation reduction reactions is to remember, if you oxidize something, that means that molecule lost electrons. Those electrons are going to be gained by something else. They don't just disappear in thin air. So, and that something else, therefore, will get reduced. So, you lost CO2, you oxidize isocitrate to alpha-ketoglutarate. The recipient of those electrons will be NAD plus to give you NADH. So, NADH is a high energy molecules that has gained electrons, okay? So that's obviously an important step because it's producing energy. You wanna pay attention to it? We'll talk about this enzyme some more. Uh, but you produced, and you can think of this CO2 really is as you've already oxidized one of the carbons that you started out in acetyl-CoA. That's one way to think about it. <clears throat> so you have now alpha-ketoglutarate. Alpha-ketoglutarate is going to be also oxidized by isocitrate dehydrogenase. <clears throat> isocitrate dehydrogenase, see here, you're gonna lose a carboxylic group and because of that oxidation, you're going to reduce NAD plus to NADH. So you produce another molecule of NADH. Simultaneously, as you oxidize that CO2, you add a CoA, the coenzyme A, to what's left of alpha-ketoglutarate to form succinyl-CoA. So we've gone from a five carbon to a four carbon molecule. And it's really important to pay attention there. This is a very uh, important link bond, high energy bond, succinyl-CoA. <clears throat> this molecule now because of that high energy bond, if you break that high energy bond in the following step by either succinyl-CoA synthase, the enzyme is called succinyl-CoA synth synthase or succinate thiokinase, same enzyme has two names, succinyl-CoA synthase or succinate thiokinase, when you break this bond, you produce enough energy to synthesize, to make GDP plus an organic phosphate, not shown, to form GTP. And GTP has the same energy as ATP. So 
again, this is an energy producing step. So thus far, we produced two NADHs and a GTP. <clears throat> so when you form that, you produce succinate. Succinate uh, gets oxidized to fumarate. And if you're not sure, there's a double bond here created in fumarate. And because you oxidize succinate, you're going to reduce something else, FAD, the coenzyme here, to FADH2. And that's another high-energy molecule. So you produce another high-energy molecule in the form of FADH2. Fumarate <coughs> then co is converted to malate by an enzyme called fumarase. It's just a... Uh, hydration reaction and then malate is re-oxidized or oxidized by malate dehydrogenase that's the last step in the cycle if you want again you oxidize malate back to oxaloacetate you oxidize one thing you reduce something else so you form NADH and that's the last high energy molecule formed by malate dehydrogenase. Importantly, you have regenerated oxaloacetate, what you started out with. So in essence, the cycle has been used to oxidize acetyl-CoA by producing two CO2s. Here's one, here's another one. And think of them as the carbons that originated in acetyl-CoA. So you have processed that acetyl-CoA through the TCA cycle. <clears throat> Once you regenerate oxaloacetate, the cycle can continue, meaning if you have another acetyl-CoA coming in, now the cycle can restart over and do the same thing again. So let's say that acetyl-CoA was coming from pyruvate and that pyruvate was coming from glucose. So you're gonna have two pyruvates and you're gonna have two acetyl-CoAs. And uh, that means the cycle has to go around twice. Each time it'll pick up one acetyl-CoA and produce these energy molecules and then it can repeat itself uh, for the second acetyl-CoA. <clears throat> you all with me? Kind of? Okay. So, first of all, you want to pay attention to where energy is produced, where CO2 is produced, where NADH is produced, which enzymes produce those uh, molecules, where GTP is produced. That's another energy-producing step where FADH2 is produced. So you have three steps that produce NADH, one that produces FADH2, and one that produces GTP. So you wanna know the sequence, the name of the enzymes, but don't worry about the structures. <clears throat> so we'll go through each of these enzymes kinda quickly. Here's the first one, oxaloacetate acetyl-CoA to form citrate. citrate then is isomerized by aconitase to form isocitrate. Uh, isocitrate is 
<coughs> oxidized by isocitrate dehydrogenase. So you're losing that CO2 and producing the first high energy molecule. I'll get to this here a uh, little later, but I just want you just to know the sequence right now, isocitrate to alpha ketoglutarate, you've lost one carbon in the form of CO2 and produce one, one NADH. Alpha ketoglutarate is then oxidized by alpha ketoglutarate dehydrogenase. Again, you lose another CO2 producing another NADH molecule and simultaneously, you're going to attach a CoA to the succinate. There's the CoA to form succinyl CoA. Actually, this is a very important enzyme in the TCA cycle. <coughs> and it is uh, similar to pyruvate dehydrogenase in that it requires all the same coenzymes. NAD, FAD, CoA, lipoic acid, and uh, thiamine, pyrophosphate. Okay? So this has the same requirement of coenzymes as pyruvate dehydrogenase. <coughs> so you form succinyl CoA, and then you break that bond. I said this enzyme is a, uh, that breaks that succinyl CoA thioester bond. Uh, it's called succinate thiokinase or succinate succinyl-CoA synthase. <coughs> and that energy produced allows the synthesis of GTP from GDP and an organic phosphate. And that's really equivalent to ATP. GTP or ATP are kind of about the same, have the same uh, uh, energy in them. You produce succinate, succinate dehydrogenase produces another high energy bond when it's converted to fumarate in the form of FADH2. And then fumarate is then hydrated by fumarase to form malate. And finally, malate not shown here, I don't think I have a slide on that. Malate is re-oxidized or oxidized to oxaloacetate producing NADH and importantly, regenerating the oxaloacetate we started out with. And that, <coughs> and that allows the cycle to uh, continue. <coughs> so here are a, here's a simpler just summary of the uh, all the enzymes, citrate synthase, followed by aconitase, followed by isocitrate dehydrogenase, again, NADH, CO2 produced, 4-alpha-ketoglutarate dehydrogenase, CO2, NADH produced. By this point, and succinyl-CoA, by this point, you've already lost the CO2s. Here they are. So you've kind of oxidized, think about it, you've oxidized the two carbons uh, of acetyl-CoA. Succinyl-CoA thiokinase, uh, sorry, succinate thiokinase or succinyl-CoA synthase is the enzyme 
that breaks this bond to CoA, generating uh, enough energy to synthesize GTP. Then step six, succinate dehydrogenase, produces FADH2 uh, and fumarate to uh, malate by fumarase and malate to oxaloacetate by malate dehydrogenase to produce NADH. So pay attention to all of these orange molecules and purple, really this one is purple, but the three NADHs, one GTP and one FADH2. So each time you oxidize an acetyl-CoA through the TCA cycle, <coughs> you produce these high-energy molecules. 3-NADHs, 1-FADH2, and 1-GTP. NADH, each NADH will have the equivalent energy of three ATPs. And we'll get to that on Monday next week, uh, how we get to that. Uh, and each FADH2 has the equivalent energy of two ATPs, or is equivalent, uh, able to produce the energy of two ATPs. So if you do the math, every time you oxidize an acetyl-CoA in the TCA cycle, you produce three NADH, one GTP, and one FADH2. So the total ATP output, nine, three times three is nine, that's equivalent to ATP, one times two and one, the total here is 12 ATPs from the oxidation of a single acetyl-CoA. Again, I want to keep you uh, linked into, say, glycolysis. If you had two pyruvates that went through pyruvate dehydrogenase, then you would have two acetyl-CoAs to be oxidized. Then your output of energy would be twice that, would be 24 ATPs. The cycle will go twice, each time producing 12 ATPs. Okay? So you should just at first look realize, wow, that's a lot of energy. 24 ATPs from the TCA cycle going twice, oxidizing to acetyl-CoAs. That's actually three times as much energy as was produced from glycolysis. 24 ATPs, glycolysis a maximum of 8 ATPs. So that's pretty impressive in terms of energy production. 